Welcome to the Good Athlete Podcast, the voice of the Good Athlete Project. So last February, I was in Oklahoma competing in a powerlifting meet when I heard about a gym called Athlete Inc. We checked them out and actually stopped by the facility and found that Coach K and his staff were like a carbon copy of the values of the Good Athlete Project. We hit it off right away. Not only do they train professionals, they are sincerely using strength and conditioning as a platform for overall human development. Coach K is an Oklahoma native. He won a state championship at Edmond Memorial High School, then went on to Arkansas where he was a Razorback for three years and was coached by legendary strength coach John Stuckey. He then transferred to Missouri Southern where he served as captain of an undefeated season and MIAA conference championship. His success that year took him to the Snowball, which is the Division II All-Star game. Coach K was signed by the Houston Oilers shortly after that, and then played a couple seasons for the Scottish Claymores in NFL Europe, where he again served as team captain. The following season, he returned back to the States and got picked up by the Indianapolis Colts. Even after hanging up his cleats, his love of sports endured. He has been a strength coach at Oklahoma, University of Central Oklahoma, University of Kansas, and Rice. And I'm telling you, at every place the guy has been, he has had success. As a player, he was a proven leader and winner, and as a coach, the trend followed. The stuff he's doing at the Fieldhouse down in Oklahoma City is inspiring. If you're ever in the area, you've got to check it out. I think you'll agree that Coach K's energy is contagious, and we are very much looking forward to having Athlete Inc. as a partner to the project. Sure. Well, I mean, it's simple. Grew up playing sports. My dad was a coach um, and, um, you know, played high school sports, went on to play some college uh, football, you know, had a sandwich in the NFL, bounced around a little bit, went to NFL Europe. And along the way, you know, you have coaches that turn into mentors and, and teammates that turn into dear friends. And, mm -hmm. and at the end of the day, it's all about relationships. And I was fortunate enough uh, when I went to the University of Arkansas uh, our strength coach was John Stuckey, mm -hmm. and you know, believing in him as a person first, he was he was such a great guy to be around. You know, he had a, just a, a, a quick wit, right, and he could push you and and also uh, you know be your friend and, and listen to you and all those things. And so I, he gave me he set the foundation like what we were talking about the anchor for me, like man, this is pretty cool. It allowed me to do this at a high level, right when I didn't even know myself that that was something that I would be able to do until that guy instilled in me, not only gave us great programming, but gave us belief in ourselves. You know what I mean? And, and showed us what structure Absolutely. is supposed to look like and gave us the resources. He just shared his stuff with us. You know, he wasn't, he wasn't telling us, he was teaching us. Mm -hmm. And that's such a huge difference. Even, you know, and, and something I still have to think about today is, People don't want to be told what to do all the time. They want you to drop breadcrumbs, right, and kind of lead them in that direction, mm -hmm. right, and, and and teach them how to do stuff because that's what's going to resonate. And that's what Coach Stuckey taught me when I was 18 years old when I thought I had it all figured out. And I can just come in here and work hard and be a meathead and scream, and that is part of it, you sure. know what I mean? But then when we talk about, you know, emotion versus logic, mm -hmm. you know, here in a little bit, How's that working out for me? <laughs> you know, I've got to be well-rounded and well-balanced. And, and he showed me how to do that. And so I thought, man, I need to – I didn't know if I wanted to get into coaching, but I knew it's – you know, or, or be a strength coach. But I knew in some aspect I wanted to give back mm -hmm. and kind of share my stuff, you know, because there were some things that I went through, I think, that 
everyone goes through that kind of shapes them and it's their story and no one can take it from them. And I think that's what's real and that's what resonates and that's what people are drawn to. It's not, uh, you know, was it Roosevelt that said, it's not what you know, you know, they're not gonna listen to you. It's, it's about if they know you care, mm-hmm. you know, and you gotta develop that relationship first. So I knew I wanted to give back. And then strength and conditioning um, fell into my lap. I volunteered at the University of Oklahoma and then was the head strength coach at the University of Central Oklahoma. Uh, was fortunate enough to work with Chris Dawson and Corey Meredith at uh, the University of Kansas. We won the Orange Bowl. Um, we had a great run and I learned a lot from those guys and that, and that culture. And then uh, I went down to Rice University as an assistant athletic director in charge of strength and conditioning. And, and that was a whole new atmosphere for me. But, uh, you know, uh, Coach Bailiff uh, took a chance on me, the head football coach. And I was surrounded by a bunch of great players who, you know, the time we were there, we were pretty successful. And it was because of the, it was because of the players that we recruited, right. you know, and we just shared our stuff with them. We've had our time, so we just tried to put them in position to be successful, you know, and would get feedback, you know, from them to help us. So that's kind of where, you know, my, I guess the short version of my journey. I like it. Yeah. I, I'm, I want to pick at one part of it for a second. Sure. Um, we work with a lot of young people, people who are trying to take the next step. From that recruiting side, what were some things that you looked out for? We mentioned uh, some of that game tape stuff earlier. Yeah. yeah what are some of the things that you looked for? That's, that's a great question. So it's, it's kind of like what, you know, you sit in recruiting meetings, and it's interesting because different coaches look for different things, right? But at the end of the day, they look, if someone's really close, like, man, he's a really good center, he does this well, he, who's the better athlete? And I'm thinking, man, that's pretty interesting to see because – a lot of the times as young kids, all they do is skill development, right? Well, I've got a pitching coach, and I've got a quarterback coach, or I've got a DB coach, right? And that's skill development. And I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, we've got a reverse here. When you go to college, you're going to spend half the calendar year in the weight room, right? So someone that plays club soccer, and all they do is soccer year-round, they're, they're in for a big surprise. So it um, – I don't, I, I don't know. It, 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 We're going to share that with our yeah, kids. Well, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I mean, you have to. I just, I think, like we said earlier, strength and conditioning is skill development. Mm-hmm. And it's more important, you know, coaches say, I can take an athlete. Like, we're, we're working with a kid right now in the NFL draft. It doesn't matter what level you're at. It applies. This kid is a great athlete, and so, therefore, he's going to have a better shot because those coaches are going to say, I can work with him as a tight end, but I can't coach, you know, six seven two sixty and runs a four six. I can't coach that. So skill development on the athlete performance side is an absolute foundation before we ever get to the skill training, right? So my job as a, as a strength coach is to produce a better athlete for the sport coaches. And those coaches in recruiting meetings are going to, when it comes down to it, and two athletes are close, who's the better who's the better athlete? Who can you know do more things on the field, right? Right. Right. And that's, that's what it comes down to. So, I mean, it's a huge advantage. It's a, it's a really good point and a great segue into one of the other things that we talked about, the, uh, the overall human development. Right. Yeah. So yeah. can you uh, tell us a little bit about that? So now you've got – you're developing athleticism, um, these movement patterns. You're developing skill before the coaches teach for football, basketball, whatever it may be. How do you address the human and the psychological side of this? Yeah, well, that, that's what we're trying to put together right now. You know, as a coach, you know that you know, people talk about mental toughness and mental preparation all the time. And, and we throw that off to, uh, well, we're running extra sprints or they're getting extra work in and, or they're watching extra film. And there's something to be said about that, like you said. But um, ours goes back, like I said earlier, to, to relationships. They're not going to walk in, an athlete, a competitor, and say, 
hey, coach, here's what I'm really struggling with. Right. Here's what I'm no good at. What do you think about that? Right. <laughs> I know it's going to say. I haven't heard that. Yeah. I, no, I haven't heard it in, in you know, the 20 plus years I've been doing it. No one's come in and said that. Very, hey, great to meet you. I have terrible ankle mobility. I can't run very fast, and my vertical stinks. Right? Well, maybe to be so. fair, <laughs> I, I didn't know tell you that. Talks you about his ankle mobility. Around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I saw when you got out of the car. Was, uh, we had some work to do. <laughs> and so, you know, the way you break that down is you, you get to know them, right? Right. As a person and kind of where they come from, their background. And, you know, when these kids come in from, from different communities, uh, you know, different family dynamics, that's going to affect the relationship that you have with him. Mm -hmm. And you can't just off the bat think everyone's gonna respond to the same thing the right. same way. And you kinda have to get to know them to understand why they're responding that way and what makes them tick. You know, and and I think that's what kind of separates us a little bit now is we're we're conscientious, you know, of that, you know, and trying to get to these kids at a younger age. For sure. You know, the way that they see things, it's okay, so how do we work with that? you know, on the, on the mental side. Yeah. And it, that's what we walked in this morning and, and you do, you, I mean, you train elite athletes here, no question, but we walked into something this morning that kind of, that was pretty fantastic. And it blew us away a little bit because we do some of this sort of work. We've not right. done it with Olympic lifting, but it makes total sense. Can you give us a little uh, background on that? Yeah. The, the Fieldhouse Student Athlete Foundation is something I started on paper and in my mind a couple of years ago. Um, and it's really come to fruition now with with help of great friends and and family and people a lot smarter than me. You know, I'm willing to put into work, but you got to surround yourself with the right people first. And so, it's something that we wanted to give back to the community that's taken care of me and 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 sh you know our, our our saying our motto, I guess, if you will, is changing lives one rep at a time. Love it. And one rep meaning it could be, you know, lifting or it could be a mental rep. Not all reps are great. Not all reps feel good, but a rep is a rep, right? Even when you're sore or even when you're tired or even when you're, you know, emotionally worn out or you're having a rough day, uh, if you can still get a, get a rep in, it's gonna, there's going to be an adaptation to that. There's going to be a change, right? Just to sure. fight through it um, and know that. You know, we talk about trust the process all the time. You know, trust your training, trust your technique. I think it comes into play, you know, when you talk about, um, you, know, rep, you know, changing lives one rep at a time. That just resonated with us. So we pull kids in that need help, that need structure, that need support because there's resources out there. But a lot of times kids don't know how to use those resources or they're afraid to say, I need help. Right. Uh, because they're very prideful. We live in a highlight society. They don't want to show weakness. I feel like we get into this on almost every podcast, by the way, right? Which 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 kind of reinforces its validity, right? Sure. Yeah, we we live in a society where um, you are. It's a like based economy, <laughs> yeah, right? Man. You got to put you yeah. only put your best foot forward. You put your toughest uh, mm. best foot forward. You don't. And, yeah, hundred percent. Here's where we get tricked. The little button says share. Yeah, it should say present. Because that's all we're doing like is that. presenting. A wordsmith, I like that's yeah. true. You're exactly right. I mean, really, You're exactly right. Because having to, oh no, no no retake that one or hey could you do the little thing where it takes thirty pictures and I'm going to go pick the best one and then I got to go through the filter and maybe there, I mean I don't know what all that goes into it but it's unbelievable. Yeah. You know hey can you retake that you know pick I mean that's presentation. That's and, it. And and that's opposite of coaching. Coaching is sharing, right? Sharing our experiences. And here's the thing: if you can't admit as a coach or a mentor, I have a long list of things not to do. 
mm-hmm. long list that do not work, right? And that's part of evolution, that's part of evolving, that's part of change. Even in, 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 in relationships, you know, outside of coaching, you know, that this can teach you how to uh, manage those things and build on the relationships with, you know, your personal relationships with your closest family and friends and, and partners. You know, and, and that's the thing about change and evolution that I think is important for these kids too. Like we said, they're going to spend more time off the field than they do on the field. Yeah. And so how do we work with them in that arena as well, right? Can you give us some examples of that? Because um, the transfer that we talked about earlier, you know, how do, how do we transfer the, each those reps uh, into a uh, something regarding the process in the real world relationship, et cetera? The language is super important. Yeah, the language is important. So... I, you know, I don't know if this is going to answer that question or not because we're still in the learning process as always. Sure. But, you know, when these kids come in and we talked earlier about we don't really know their needs because they're not going to share it with us right off the bat. Mm-hmm. But as we get to know them, we get to kind of see what, you know, why they do certain things or why they, you know, come in and they may be in a bad mood. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how do we go approach them? Like, hey, man, how's everything going today? I don't know, Coach, man. I'm having tr- – this is true story. Coach, I'm struggling with history, and I don't know if they're going to allow me to play, uh, you know, this spring. I'm like, well, did you know that Coach Ward was a history teacher for thirty something years? There you go. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Coach Ward. Oh, I didn't know that. I knew he was a teacher. And I said, well, let's talk to Coach Ward and see if there's something that we can, you know, help you with. So he starts bringing in his history homework, and Coach Ward helps him through some things. And now he's got his grade back back up. He's got a little bit of juice in his tank now. You know what I mean? And he's like, it's okay to ask. You know this. So I said, well, who did you tell? I haven't told anybody. I don't really know what to do. I mean, my teacher says this and do this and do that. But so there it is. They don't know how to use those resources, even though that they're there. Right. And if we would never ask, like, hey, what's going on today? You know, mm-hmm. he's in a bad mood for a reason. Something. And so I don't know if that even answers your question, but that's kind of. A, no, but it's a good example of, yeah. of kind of using that platform to dig in, to, yeah. to figure out what the next step and what the transfer might be. We, yeah. um, we have, we're of the mindset that there are very few problems in the world um, that can't be addressed. The only way, you, you know, most of them stay unaddressed because we don't acknowledge them, right? And, and it goes, it's, it's incredibly pervasive in athletics because you talk about things like hypermasculinity and uh, the, the stigma surrounding mental health and wellness, which is a very, very real thing for a group, a population of people who are, whose, uh, you know, livelihood in some cases is tied directly to their performance on the field or whatever. Right. Um, there are a whole ton of issues that, can be fixed. There's a, there are processes for these, um, but we have to address them first. Yeah, no, that's very true. I mean, you're a lot smarter than me, so that's why I like talking to you. No, I, I, <laughs> I appreciate. We can, we have to make sure that does. Oh, yeah, make hey, the final cut. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, I, I appreciate that. <laughs> Thank speaking you. Speaking to the mic, Lee. I like it. Well, well. well speaking of that, what are some of the yeah. things that you learned as a player, if anything, yeah. that you were able to transfer to this? You mentioned you mentioned how, I mean, this is you. Yeah. Right. This is um, does the work ethic that you cultivated as a player, does that transfer over to this or what were some of the lessons that you took out of your career? Well, I mean, I think we've all, you know, heard the term embrace the suck. Mm, I mean, yeah. <laughs> listen, they, they think, you know, from the outside, maybe looking in like, oh, he owns his own business, man. That's awesome. And it's super sexy. No, it's hard. Yeah. You know, it's 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 difficult. Like I said. You know, I don't, the alarm clock's not the only thing that wakes me up in the morning. That's one of Ray Lewis's favorite sayings. And I love that. You know what I mean? Just because. I've, you know, we've got a lot at stake and not what I mean, not, not monetarily, but I mean, we have an opportunity to, to change a lot here in Oklahoma City. And I've got families, you know, that are dependent upon me 
to get out of bed and do the right thing and be consistent. And that's the hardest thing is how do you be consistent, you know what I mean, when things aren't going right? I mean, when, when we're winning, we're all, hey, it's good. But when we're losing, what does that look like? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And one thing I, I think I learned too was in the coaching process, I think it was Coach Mark Mangino that said, don't listen to the outside world when things are going bad and don't listen when things are going good because we were undefeated at the time and we were starting to feel pretty good about ourselves, right? That's the most dangerous time. Right. When we're in a really good place, that's the most dangerous time. Not when we're in a bad place. When we're in a bad place, we're on the lookout, right? Our radar's up. We're like, man, how do we get out of this? This, We're aware of that. But when we're in a really good place, we're undefeated, we're on a little winning streak, things are going our way, that's when we kind of let our guard down. Sure. And so I think more than anything, just to... Success is never final and failure is never fatal. Mm-hmm. Either way, get up and go to work, yeah. right? So that's kind of what has pulled me through this whole thing as a player and now as a coach. People are looking for consistency and that's hard. Yeah. You know, when you let emotion take over, like we talked about earlier, instead of logic, I mean, it's hard, man, and people look to you. And so just having that pressure to, to get up and try to be that, mm-hmm. you know, you can't be because, you know, we need each other. Mm-hmm. So someone that we can go trust and talk to and say, hey, man, I'm really struggling with this today. <laughs> yeah. Can you help me out? Can you, you know, take this class for me? Or can, you, can we sit down and talk? Can you give me some good words of encouragement? Because as men, it's kind of like we can't have a weak moment. Right. But that's, that's not sustainable. That's not real. No. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's what we're teaching our kids. Like, it's okay to not be okay. Right? And so how can we... You know, show them that, dude, I'm struggling right now, man. And that's okay. I need a little bit from you. I'm trying to think you know? through this metaphor because it's so right. It'd be like, you know, you, you're not maxing every day. Yeah. Right? You've got to have your, you, you know, we all go through this sort of swing. Um, and, it's, and it's how we address, maybe it's how we operate in those down, you know, th- those down moments uh, that kind of, that will dictate our ultimate, like, high peak if that makes sense right I don't know. no it does um, I mean you can't come in the gym and red line every day right right right, right. Like, oh, I, I didn't I didn't you know get sick today so I don't think I get no you got it in mm-hmm. you know like we said reps are reps mm-hmm. but we have this misconception that for us to get results for us to get gains that we completely have to exhaust ourselves to right. sickness, and that's not the truth. You know, that's not, not at true. all. Do you think has it always been like that, or do you think that's part of this this new sort of social media economy that we're into? What do you mean by that? I mean, like, uh, because when we you don't post a video of yeah. of foam rolling or, or your off day, you know what I mean? We're posting uh, videos true. of the red line, right? We're we're yeah. posting videos. Um, I have to qualify this because. I like the idea that CrossFit has gotten people, created a community around health and wellness, yes. and I'm okay with that. But I, but I, I don't like, uh, you know, you, you see videos of down, people passed out practically after every right. workout. And, and, and I'm, I'm going to be totally honest, and I'm sorry if I upset any CrossFitters. Are you a CrossFitter? No, I'm not okay. sure what that is. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> uh, I mean, I've heard of it. Joe, but... he knows. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, but like, I think, so I played football for 18 years. Yeah. Um, I don't know how many times, and I pushed myself. Right. I wasn't that talented, so that was all I had was the yeah. effort. But I don't know how many times I was passed out on the field after a practice. Right. You know I mean, we're like just laying on my back yeah. in the weight room, which makes me think one of two things. Either one, we're putting this on a little bit, mm. or two, we're 
we're overtraining to a degree that that I don't even recognize right now. Yeah. You know, if you're actually right. on the ground, I can't do a single. You know, I can't even move right now. Yeah. So that's pretty crazy. That's pretty bold. Uh, but it's not sustainable. Right. And the only reason I can say that's not because that's not what I believe. I think CrossFit is good. I mean, it's its own competition. Yeah. I mean, you can look at bodybuilding and you can look at powerlifting and say, Absolutely. man, there's not really. That's kind of crazy that they. You know, deprive themselves of so much food and liquid just to look like that. But it's its own sport. Sure. And that's so there's some things, you know, you're good at what you train, so there's some things you have to do that are different. I'm good with that. The reason I know it's not sustainable is because as a performance based uh, community, mm-hmm. if you will, that we're having people from CrossFit boxes come join us. Yeah. And they say, well, I, because if I did some of the workouts for CrossFit for my athletes, I'd be fired. Right. If one of our, because at the end of the day, we're asset managers. Yep. That's why it's Athlete Incorporated. Our bodies and our movement is our, is our business, right? So if I bring a, a, let's say a major league baseball player in here and I have him go through CrossFit and he blows his back out and his shoulder, uh, that's millions of dollars. Right. And I'm not gonna have a job very long. So it's got its place, it's just not here. And that's fair. People, yeah, and people come over and say, I need to do something. I've, I've done CrossFit, I really liked it. I've done it for 10, 15, 20 years, whatever it is. But I've had shoulder problems. I've had my second shoulder surgery or my back. Okay, well, here's our approach. You know, here's what we do. Here's our philosophy. And they may like it, they may not. But I can't come in here every day and blow the roof off this place with people, mm-hmm. you know, puking. That's just not, it's not sustainable. And it's the same way mentally. Like, we can't just. You can't take all that on yourself and just lay there exhausted all the time because I don't know if you're going to be going to be any good the next day. And if you do, it's hard for me to imagine, you know, not imagine, you cannot mix technique and volume. Right. Volume will always trump. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So if you want to have great technique and you want it to be sustainable, then you're going to have to just trust the process and, and work the technique, right? Movement mm-hmm. first. If you, want to, if you want me to make you throw up, that's easy. Right. Right? Yeah. That's easy. But coaching is hard. And coaching the fundamentals is hard. And it's not sexy. Right? And it takes time. Fundamentals aren't fun. Like hitting off a tee if you're a baseball guy. Right? Shooting layups. Little bank shots off the glass inside the paint aren't fun. Mm-hmm. You don't see that. You just see all the trick shots. Right? You see the home run, the bombs. That's what you see. But yeah. what, what did you do to get there? That's what we're about. So, right. like, you know, we're kind of behind the scenes, I guess, if you will. And I like it, you know. Yeah, you should like it. That It reminds me of, because that's the way it is. That's the truth of it. Um, Herman Melville. You've read Moby Dick? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Whether I wanted to or not. Right, exactly. I think that's probably <laughs> most people's sentiment. But um, I actually enjoyed it. Not that that matters. But uh, there's, a, there's a story about Herman Melville essentially pacing the attics of, uh, is it Arrowhead Farm? I think it is, out, out in the mountains out east. Right. Uh, essentially, it, it's funny because he wrote The Ultimate Tale of the Sea uh, and you couldn't, there was no water where he was. And th- th- that's relevant because all what he was doing for ages was studying, learning everything he possibly could about the open water, about, about whales, about all this stuff. Um, and that, that is all relevant because he is known for that work. Right, like uh, Moby Dick is his opus. It is uh, why he's talked about today. But there's also this suggestion that had you seen one of the many hundreds of drafts, and there were hundreds, you would it, you just wouldn't have been impressed. Right, right, because like because like he was working at it. 
he was he was taking you know he was go, he had his highs and lows. Some of the drafts were pretty crappy, uh, but but he, but he was yeah. but it was for him. It was always what's the next rep? Yes. I'm gonna come back tomorrow. I'm yeah. gonna rethink this thing. This whole section needs to be adjusted. I'm yeah. gonna take. I'm gonna look close. And then what you find yeah. um, through a healthy relationship to the process and, and being really well mm-hmm. considered is that that, that back end product. Yeah. You can't promise it's gonna be Moby Dick, but it's gonna <laughs> right. be, but it's gonna be the best you got. That's right. And, and and that's the hardest thing sometimes as a mentor, a coach, a parent, is to let them sit in the struggle. Yep. You know, we want to bail them out nowadays. Yeah. Oh, well, I don't want that. I want so to, true. you know, I want to provide for them more than, well, I mean, there is truth to that. I think that's good, but it's kind of like, you know, you got to kind of let them sit in it and figure it out for themselves. You know, um, like we talked about earlier, dropping those breadcrumbs. Don't just uh, tell them how to get out of it all. Mm-hmm. Let them figure it out because people are different. You know, and that's the thing I struggled with the most was, oh, well, here's what I've done and here's what I've accomplished. Well, surely, what I have to say is pretty good. Yeah. And I would just tell, oh, here, you need to do this, this, and this, and that, and the other. You know, and then the guy I work with, Will Mukes, who does all of our mental training stuff, says, well, how's that working out for you? Right. Well, not very good. Not very right. good. Well, you've taught them to do one thing, and that's follow your lead. Right. Right. You haven't yeah. t- t- taught them, like, how to go build their own whatever it might be exactly. or interact with the world. In their way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So... Anyway, no, I think that's good. Can you, um, just to kind of bring that lesson back to training and maybe full circle, the sitting under the bar, can mm. you give us some of those yeah. cal metaphors? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, we we do cal deep stuff with, with triphasic training, right? And so when we look at programming, we don't program exercises. We, we program movements. And, 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 you know, we talked about our eccentric phase, you know, uh, time under tension uh, when we first come out of uh, season, you mm-hmm. know, and we're starting our first block. It's going to be uh, the eccentric block for three, four weeks, whatever your program is. And when we talk about the mental side of it too, when, when, when you're going through something, you know, and we said it's okay to not be okay, you just got to sit in it, mm-hmm. right? You got to accept it. You have to acknowledge it, mm-hmm. right? As you said earlier. And it's okay to do that. It's not fun. Mm-hmm. Time under tension is not the, not the greatest, mm-hmm. but it's going to build what? The most strength, right? And we're going to be the most sore from it. Right. That eccentric phase is going to make us really, really sore. But that's okay. We need to do that early on, right? Physically and mentally. Is it just sit there, time under tension, under the bar, and control the weight. Control the weight down. We talk about tempo, right? When you look, okay, what's the tempo? And, that, and, and that's, let, let's slow it down. Right? Let's kind of see what happened and what went wrong and how we can get better. That's the mental side of our triphasic training. Mm-hmm. And then we go to our concentric phase, you know, moving weight, adding some resistance with bands or chains. So we want to give them challenges once they're over their soreness and that they've accepted it and they've acknowledged it and they're kind of okay with it. How do we move forward? How do we give them some things to work on? Um, Maybe some things to think about to change their perspective. Mm-hmm. And it may be a book. It may be something as simple as, hey, I want you to read this book and give me some feedback. Yeah. And I'm not a big reader. So for me, that's like putting chains on the bar. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. gosh, I mean, this, is, this isn't very fun. Right. But it pushes them and gets them out of their comfort zone to change their response. Mm-hmm. Right? Totally. Uh, and then the last phase is the overspeed phase, the performance phase, is that... We want to show them what help looks like, right? We want to show them that we're, we're here to help, and we think it's spiritual, and we think that there's, you know, when you attach those bands at the top and you're at your weakest point, over 90%, when it starts getting heavy mm-hmm. and things in life start getting real, mm-hmm. 
right before, you know, you, you've gone through that breakdown and right before that breakthrough, you just need help out of the hole. Yeah. And that's where we talked about iron sharpens iron. Mm-hmm. We're there for each other. Mm-hmm. And they need to know that when right before it always gets super hard right before we have that breakthrough. Mm-hmm. But they understand like, man, you're going to have some momentum coming out of this. Yeah. And that's where those bands kind of help us out Absolutely. of the bottom of that lift. And that's what we need to be for each other is we need to, we need to attach our bands at the top mm-hmm. and make sure we're, we are assisting people out of that hole. Don't just give up to them. You know, don't, don't give up on them. And they're like, all right, man, good job, dude. You sat in it. That's a great, that's a great. I'm proud of you. Yeah. But then what? Right. Right. Then what? Then what? It's an important question. It is. And so that's when it, it we t- want to talk about bioidentical and being specific. Once, once they know that we're there for them, mm-hmm. that's where it continues to grow and get even better. Right. Cause they know during the next block or phase or cycle, whatever you want to call it, they kind of know what to expect. Right? It's that freshman, sophomore, junior. Yeah. It's like, man, my fifth year seniors, man, they're doing really good. Well, they've been in the culture. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're trying to build as a culture. And that's what we're trying to do here with our Fieldhouse kids is build that culture for them so they understand. So when the next crew comes in, mm-hmm. right, of kids that we find, or if you're a college coach, your next recruiting class comes in, yeah. they know it because it's, it's team run, right? It's just the culture. Mm-hmm. When you change the culture, that's when you start to really, really change the people. And so that's what we're trying to do here in the city with the field house. I think it's amazing. I think that's a good full circle because now, if you're comfortable with it, we've got some lightning round questions that we'd like to ask. Okay. You feel good about this? Thunder up. I like yeah, it. Oklahoma City. <laughs> Let's go. Appropriate. Sorry. Give Thunder. Thunder round. Thunder round. That's even better. I was um, <laughs> okay. Should I lean forward? I'm kind of, I feel like I'm, Um, you're good. Wherever you're most comfortable. Um, (laughs) Fondest high school sports moment? Oh, state championship my senior year. That's easy. We were at Oklahoma. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to top that one, man. Where'd you play? Uh, Edmond uh, Memorial High School. It was just one school back then, Edmond High School. We beat Booker T. Washington. Wow. Yeah, 23 to 6. That was in 1990, by the way. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, if you weren't in this career, what would you be doing? You know what? It's hard to answer that because I can't imagine myself doing anything else. I don't really know. There you go. Good answer. <laughs> yeah. Um, favorite book or movie unrelated to your field? Ooh, favorite book or movie? I like, uh, was it the uh, probably Untouchables? I don't know why. I actually haven't seen it. Is that it's set in Chicago though? That is, that's you guys, the, thank you. What? Thank yeah, you for that's the, uh, the uh, come on, man. I've yeah. seen parts of it. I've that's going to surprise some people, too, me saying that, but it's okay. Really? Oh, yeah. My you're mind great. went immediately to yeah. the Incredibles, so it's all right. Oh, I, I was like, I was like, I was like, man, that really? was a really good second animated movie. Favorite. Yeah. Yeah. What? No, yeah, second favorite. It would have to be, uh, uh, yeah. Moana. Moana. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Perfect. I don't have a choice. I have yet to see it. I've heard the soundtrack because, uh, Coach. Davis here. Yes. You love to play it in the weight room. After you saw the movie, I think it got played in the weight room pretty consistently. If you haven't seen it, like that's pretty suspect. We need to we need to talk about that. Uh, I promise you that is not the only suspect <laughs> thing about this. So. That's why we're getting along so well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, people working in the coaching profession who you admire. Oh man. There's quite a lot, but uh, one of my favorites is Chris Dawson. Uh, I was with him at OU. And he took a chance on me when he was at the when I was you know he was at the University of Kansas, and now he's at Kansas State. And it's simply because he 
doesn't listen. He's one of the true guys that just doesn't listen to the outside. He does what he believes. And it's just, you would think when you show up, like, this is the most boring, monotonous thing ever. And all the guy does is win and change people's lives as far as coaching and players. And they always like, oh, I love Dawson. I love Dawson. Because it's the same thing every day. It's not like, I wonder what I'm going to get today from him. You know what you're going to get. You know what's to be expected. And that, and, and in today's world, that's to be respected, that he's not going to change for anything. You know, even if you come in and change, like, you know, we had kids that would come in and be like, that's stupid. I can't believe we're doing this. You know, and I'm ready to, you know, I'm like the bouncer. You know, I'm ready to, what'd you say? And he's like, well, I, he goes, that's okay. I don't understand why you're mad. It's nothing, you know, you're the one that was late. I, why, are you, why are you getting so upset? You know, yeah, right. I would just sit back like, man, that's great. But he's been such a great friend and mentor, and it doesn't matter when I call him up. He always invites us up, you know, to come learn and lets us sit in um, on his, you know, staff meetings and programming. I mean, who does that? You know, now everything everything seems to be a secret nowadays. You know, so it's probably a long answer, but um, love you, Doss. Good answer. <laughs> no, love it. Uh, this will be last one. So, advice from a leader yourself to a future leader who's about to embark on a similar journey. Man, I would simply say that. You know, you got it. We talked about it earlier. You to 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 figure it out, right? We we try to be perfect on paper, and we're like, oh, let's go back to the drawing board. That, that, that's not good enough. Let's go back to the drawing board. I think some of the best coaches out there are Plan B. Like, hey, Plan B coaches. Well, that didn't work so well. But to get to Plan B, you got to get to Plan A, right? You have Plan A first. So don't worry about if it's not perfect on paper. You have an, you know, you have a, a belief. You have a, uh, a the way that you want to program things, or you have a vision. I didn't know how the Fieldhouse Student Athlete Foundation was going to work out, but I had a vision. It was something in my heart, and I just went for it. And and now we're at Plan B, mm-hmm. right? We got kids competing next weekend in their first you know lifting, Olympic uh, lifting event, and we never would have got to that if we wouldn't have said, okay, let's just roll with this Plan A and go. And so a lot of times, because of our highlight society, young coaches are afraid to just throw it out there and go for it. But I promise you, I don't want to hire someone or work with someone who hasn't failed or tasted defeat or been heartbroken, whatever, you know, you can fill in the blank if you want, because that means they haven't laid it all out there. They haven't taken chances, you know, and I I have a hard time rolling with people that don't take chances, you know. So these young coaches, man, just – Take a chance, put the work in, don't worry about a title, you know, work your way up. So it's pretty simple to me, I guess. I love, love it. it, yeah. Podcast. Is that a wrap? That's a wrap. I think it's a wrap. Wow. That was amazing. The cool Thank you very much. Hey, I appreciate yeah. y'all's time, man. Today's episode was brought to you by Hand Armor Chalk, the official chalk of USA Weightlifting. You can find them at Hand Armor Chalk or at Team Hand Armor on Twitter and Instagram. For more on the Good Athlete Project, go to goodathleteproject.com or follow us on Twitter and Instagram at coach number four kindness. That's coach for kindness. And keep an eye out for our next episode.